1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif, and you have today's first guest. I do, Tina. Good morning. And joining us is Wasim Jara from Keller Williams in Newmarket. Wasim, welcome to On The Hi, Market. Asif. Hi, Tina. Thank you very much. Let's see what's happening up there in Newmarket. I heard you guys are still pretty crazy busy and uh, also throughout the Aurora area as well. Yeah, and I mean, we are we are right now seeing some signs of uh, slowdown in the market, but, you know, we're still getting that traffic that's coming from, you know, south of us, whether it's Markham, Toronto, Richmond Hill. Uh, we do have uh, products up here that, you know, are more affordable than what just uh, south of us, and including the quality of uh, of life as well. And Wasim, you said the magic word there, affordability. What type of prices or what is the average cost of a home in Newmarket or Aurora? So right now, the average cost of a uh, property uh, as of July numbers uh, is a million two hundred and sixteen thousand is the average, while the median is a million one forty five in Aurora. It's slightly higher than that, so the average is about a million three hundred and forty-six, and the median is about a million three hundred and two. And Nosim, what is the most active type of property right now? Are you seeing the detached homes really taking off still, or are you seeing uh, semis and townhouses, condos? What seems to be where all the activity is? Yeah, most of the activity uh, is is probably in the uh, detached uh, segment. If you take a look in, uh, for example, in July we got we had seventy two total properties that were sold. Out of those seventy two, you had fifty four that were detached. So the overwhelming majority of the properties that are sold are the detached, just because again they're they're more affordable. And anyone that's making the transition from uh, you know south of us up here are going to be looking for that type of product uh, before they start looking at the you know the semis and the and the uh, townhomes. We don't have a lot of condo product up here right now. I mean, we're getting a lot of the, the uh, purpose-built rentals, which is great along Davis Drive, uh, but we're we're not seeing the huge influx of um, uh, condo end user condo units uh, being built right now, but that's something that's coming down the pipeline in the next five years. Wasim, for those uh, clients of yours who are sellers who are leaving that region, where are they? Where are they going, and and what are their plans? What do they want to do next? Um, so I, I think the the biggest thing right now that we're seeing is that people want to reduce the uh, the size of their mortgage. Um, you know, with interest rates the way they are, I mean, we've seen what the tenth uh, the tenth increase uh, that was in uh, in July um, since 2022. So there's no there's no, there's no question that you know people are really feeling the pinch and they need to bring down that size of their mortgage to be able to control you know the amount of money that's going towards their uh, their household. So um, you know, it's sad to say, but you know, I do have some of my clients that have decided to leave the country. They're uh, they're either going to Europe. They're going back to the Middle East, or some of them are going, uh, you know, down south to the U.S. 
Uh, others are making the uh, the trek across uh, across this great country to uh, Edmonton and Calgary, believe it or not. And we'll see, there was a, a lot of people that had moved up north uh, during the uh, COVID years and, uh, you know, settled <laughs> for greener pastures uh, up in Newmarket and Aurora for larger homes on larger properties. Are you seeing those people head back into the city or are they continuing to stay? I, I think I think those people that are continuing to stay, there, there's something to be said about, you know, our area right here. You know, we, we've got a, uh, you know, Newmarket and Aurora are, are great communities. They're still small enough. People here, you know, neighbors care about each other. We've got our Main Street in, uh, in Newmarket that, uh, you know, we, we hold our festivals. So they're enjoying the quality of life. They're enjoying the, the, the safety. They're enjoying the, um, you know, just the, the recreation and everything that, uh, you know, the culture that's, uh, that's up here. I think the ones that I'm seeing uh, that are moving back down south, whether it's Toronto or, um, you know, even Barrie, if, if we're going to consider that south from where they moved, are the ones that moved up there during COVID to cottage country, thinking that, you know what, they can live up there, it's great, they can save money. But they quickly found out that, you know, they don't have reliable internet. Or they found that, you know, the quality of life over there, you know, getting down to the city, enjoying the things that they like to enjoy was becoming more and more difficult. So those are the people that are actually contacting us and saying, you know what, we tried it, we thought it was going to work, but unfortunately living on the water is not going to do it for us right now if we don't have reliable connection, if we can't be you know, uh, close to the grandkids, uh, we can't do the things that we want, shopping within that 5, 10, 20 minute uh, mark. And, you know, you may have touched on this already, but do the amenities, does the infrastructure, does it support the growth in North York region? Um, I, I don't think there's there's any municipality right now, and this is something that they're all fighting for, is they have growth targets, and a lot of them are, uh, are talking to the province and saying, you know, we cannot meet these growth targets. Uh, our mayor in Newmarket has made it very clear to Doug Ford and it was very public that, you know, what you're asking us to do is not realistic, especially right now taking, taking away the development charges as well to allow them to grow. Uh, we have a huge issue up here, which is water and sewer allocation. We're tapped out, and we had the upper York uh, sewage system that was supposed to, um, that was supposed to uh, start in the next uh, few years. One point, I think $1.3 billion was spent on studies, and uh, the government right now, the provincial government can that, and they're taking it back to the to the Durham plan. So unfortunately, there there isn't the opportunity to grow right now because you know you don't have that infrastructure, and the government is cutting back on ways that you can generate uh, income to be able to uh, to be able to pay for that growth. Wasim, what are your thoughts on Mayor Scarpetti's plans for Markham to? amalgamate the region and, and make less tiers of government? Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I always advocate for, for more efficiency when it comes to government. We, we see a lot of uh, bureaucracy. We see a lot of waste. We see a lot of departments that sometimes don't talk to each other. And I, I'm not sure what the motivation of Mayor uh, Scarpetti is uh, when uh, when it came uh, down to, uh, you know, uh, announcing that. Um, but uh, But I, I wouldn't set it aside. You know, the, the mayor wouldn't bring it up uh, for for nothing. Whether he's had a conversation with the premier, whether they're they're uh, they they have the same issue, 
as uh, Mississauga, where Mississauga said, you know, we're paying, we're subsidizing Caledon, we're subsidizing uh, Brampton, and we don't want to do that anymore. I mean, it could very well be that uh, you know Vaughn and uh, and uh, and Markham are looking at the uh, same uh, issue that you know we might be subsidizing other smaller municipalities where we can use that investment dollars that we have in our own communities here. Hazim, always great to have you on the show for a, a quick update. If our listeners want more information about what's happening in Newmarket and Aurora, how do they reach you? Wasimjara.com or on social media. Wasim, thanks a lot and have a great weekend. Thank you very much. You as well. After the break, Asif Khan in conversation with Aria CEO Tim Hudak. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties, with today's next guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim, welcome back to On the Market. Thanks, Asif. Real, real pleasure to, have back, to be back on. Thank you. Tim, you know, as most people take time off in the summer, this has been a crazy busy summer for you so far with some big announcements this week. Let's start with the announcement about Tressa and how phase two will be launched December 1st. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, This is um, big news for uh, real estate professionals and for for buyers and and sellers. TRESA, that's short for the Trust in Real Estate Services Act, is the new governing legislation for Ontario realtors. It's something that we at ORIA, the Ontario Real Estate Association, have been pushing for for quite some time, Asset. The bottom line, this will make Ontario a North American leader when it comes to professional standards in real estate, new tools for Ontario realtors, and a disciplinary body to go after those who do not follow that higher set of rules. And there's a lot of consumer protection built into this. What does this mean for the Ontario consumer? So this is phase two of the trestle legislation, um, and it does a lot for consumer protection, as you said. Uh, as phase one, you and I talked about a little while ago, that brought in personal real estate corporations for realtors, long time coming uh, there, uh, changes in advertising rules to enable realtors to use the term realtor or real estate uh, agent. Uh, and this is really focused on um, the consumer side uh, as well. It brings in a tougher a disciplinary system to enable the regulator RICO to go after uh, bad actors to collect data, um, tougher uh, enforcement uh, on uh, those. It brings in a new modern code of ethics that will reinforce the professionalism uh, of your uh, real estate agent uh, at uh, your side. Uh, and it also brings in some uh, the new options uh, for realtors and business services, including an open offer process. And also, I think there's, uh, you know, the big talk is about multiple offers and designated representation because it allows the consumer to choose how they want to be represented. Exactly. This was uh, another uh, long time um, 
recommendation from the Ontario Real Estate Association uh, to the province, and uh, and they accepted. And we worked very closely with RICO on this. It, it just makes things a lot more clear uh, for buyers and sellers out there. So, you know, multiple representation in a nutshell when you know that there are two clients, maybe a buyer and seller uh, with the same uh, real estate uh, brokerage. Uh, in the past, uh, under brokerage representation, uh, basically the brokerage was was neutral. Uh, and all the agents in that brokerage had to treat the buyer and seller equally. But I, I bet most buyers and sellers thought that individual agent was actually their representative and, you know, pushing for them. So this will allow designated representation. So the broker, like you, Asset, could designate one of your agents for the buyer, one of agents for the seller, and put their full skill and abilities uh, behind their uh, individual consumers. And you as a broker would make sure the process is followed fairly, completely, and follows the rules. And speaking of completely, the all of the terms seem to be spelled out so that everyone can understand them now. Because before we had clients and customers, and and with the customer relationship, it was pretty big. But now there's something called self-represented parties, and it really does spell out what the realtor's obligations are to the self-represented party and and what they're going to get. Yeah, there, there's much um, improved legislation. Now, now, the original legislation, REBA from 2002, that was considered leading at the time. Fun fact here, Asif, I was actually the minister in, in government that brought through that legislation back in 2002. But, you know, times have changed. The real estate market has become more sophisticated, more demanding, higher valued, more legalistic. So these are significant reforms uh, through the Ford government that will make things more clear in terms of their realtor's responsibilities uh, to their client, uh, clear up some gray areas that, like we mentioned, by allowing brokers to choose designated representation and assigning individual agents to clients who may be after the same property. Uh, and as you just uh, mentioned um, uh, as well, uh, there is a, a terms used uh, clients and customers. And realtors would know what those meant, but you know, if you ask my mom listening at home, she'd probably think that those were the same thing. There was some confusion there. So now there's going to be the client. That's who the realtor will owe that fiduciary duty to. You're working for them. You're representing them. And also then a self-represented party. And that self-represented party will be crystal clear, crystal clear is not using a realtor in their exchange. is simply acting for themselves. And realtors will know these changes were to take effect at the end of July. And, and they were pushed back because everything had to be aligned and make sure that it's being put out at the right time with, uh, you know, all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. Tell us a little bit about the delay and uh, why it took place. Yeah, well, here's a, a bit uh, of a peek behind uh, the curtain. Um, we were set to be moving earlier this year, as you mentioned, with these phase two regulations. Uh, but then, you know, we had some meetings with the regulator, RICO, and we realized that we were now, we hadn't been in the past, now aligned on designated representation. And, and that is a, a very important shift. Some other provinces have gone there asking. This makes things much more clear for the broker, for the agents, for the individual consumers. It enables a realtor to put all of their skills and experience and, and advocacy and market knowledge behind an individual client instead of being neutral if there are many from the same brokerage and the same exchange. So we went to the government and said, hey, you know, w- would you mind delaying the original launch back in the spring so we could actually get in these new changes for designated representation uh, and raise the bar to North American leading levels in the government. To the credit, they listen. So, yeah, it's going to be December 1, 
but it becomes a much more impactful piece of legislation to protect consumers and enable realtors to give their best efforts for the skills and experience they have. And Tim, for the realtors that are listening and having some anxiety about are they going to be ready for the changes, how will those be communicated to them and will brokers be receiving information to share with the agents shortly? Yeah, th this is a, a, a major game changer. Right? This is the biggest update in real estate edu education and uh, uh, regulations and, and rules since uh, 2006. So uh, ARIA is there to help explain this to uh, members uh, of our association and the public. You can go to ARIA.com backslash TRESA, T-R-E-S-A, or just go to ARIA.com and you find our website where we lay out right, a very plain uh, language. What does this mean for your for your day-to-day -day work? What is this going to mean for your everyday practice? We have an FAQ section there. We lay out questions and answers. We'll be doing more on standard forums as we update those for the new regulations and legislation. And as if we're doing a, a speakers bureau. So if you're running a brokerage, you're running a real estate board, you want to have one of our experts come in live in person or across uh, Zoom, sign up for one of those. We can answer all the questions and tell you what this will mean exactly for your day-to-day -day work. Tim, awesome work with Tressa from, from the start. Uh, I know that you've been involved uh, from day one, and there's been a lot of work that took place. And, you know, our very own John Meehan was involved with you uh, in some of that. So uh, I know how much work went into that. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for mentioning John. John was one of the, uh, the early uh, advocates of getting these changes. He was frustrated of uh, the disciplinary system that was not working, wanted to see more options for realtors in business to represent their clients. So, I think John will be very pleased to see these changes. Sometimes after the government, it takes a while, but we got that boulder up the hill, and this is going to mean good things for buyers and sellers and real estate agents. And Tim, quickly, before we let you go, I know there's been a, a lot of work put into the Ontario Realtor Wellness Program. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Some great clarifications earlier this uh, week about how it will supplement existing plans. Tell us, uh, you know, especially the realtors, a little bit about how it's going to help, even if they have coverage. Yeah, you bet. So the Ontario Realtor Wellness uh, Plan is a plan of uh, insurance and health benefits that will be available as part of your dues for every Ontario realtor. Really a, a safety net uh, to be there uh, if luck turns against you. We found out so many realtor members that uh, did not have life insurance, did not have health benefits, that did not have uh, a backstop uh, if something went wrong. So we're now bringing that in. And even those that, that do have benefits assets, they will benefit from this program as well because you can combine the benefits. So for example, if you've got to our plan uh, and you had one from a spouse, well, then you could have say a thousand dollar bill for uh, drugs, uh, at shoppers drug mark. So you get the first $750 you know, covered uh, by the Realtor Wellness Program, and then you could take uh, the rest and get it covered by your other plan. And, and that means that your benefits will go uh, even farther, less uh, out of your pocket, uh, and a greater impact on your health and well-being. Definitely, and, and you know, being self-employed, it's, it's difficult. I mean, these are things that you can't afford when it's a, a one-off program because you'd be paying five or $600 for the same type of coverage if you were trying to get it for yourself. And with the way that it's been set up through the Ontario Real Estate Association, it's a group plan. So it's 
very cost effective and does help those who need it. Yeah, exactly. And by setting it up like a, like a group plan for, um, for all interior realtors in big cities and small towns, there's a number of benefits. You, you, you get an array of life insurance benefits and, and health benefits like access to massage and chiropractic care. But importantly, it's at a very low rate of $660 total uh, per uh, year uh, is the cost of the program. And also, you know what, it extends benefits well past uh, 80, for example, for life insurance. That's really hard to find anywhere else. Uh, there's no uh, stop sign in your way if you have a pre-existing uh, condition, for example. You qualify for the program. Unlike other programs, there's no medical questionnaires to get through the door. That door is open to help out Ontario realtors uh, if they need health support, their family needs uh, help after a, a passing of life insurance, um, there is uh, critical illness care and travel insurance. Look, you can read more about this at aria.com uh, backslash ORWP, but this is a, a comprehensive uh, safety net uh, to help Ontario realtors and those that already have some support, well, they can double down their dollars to go even further now. And we've heard some some great stories from people that uh, want the coverage, need the coverage, couldn't afford the coverage. So, Tim, thank you to Aria and to all the boards that voted in favor of this to be able to bring this in for realtors in Ontario. No, I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. There was a lot of work and a lot of research and um, a, a, you know, a lot of uh, members who said we, we, we would like to see Aria act in this direction and to have uh, 80% of uh, representatives from the member boards that participated uh, shows a strong endorsement to, to help out uh, realtor, friends, colleagues, uh, brothers and sisters uh, during their time of need. Tim, thanks so much for your time and for joining us for On the Market once again. My pleasure. Thanks, Austin, for having me back on the market. Have a tremendous rest of the weekend. You as well. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next. And our first one comes from Mary in Richmond Hill. She heard the story recently about a real estate agent in BC who was fined $20,000 after being caught on camera drinking milk out of the carton at a home he was showing. Mary's questions are, should she discreetly set up security cameras in her home and how do you find an agent you can trust? Asif? Well, first of all, there's uh, there's very few agents and they're far apart which would do something that bad and you know we saw this story and we cringed as agents right across the country because one it should never happen and you know it it just makes absolutely no sense as to why it happened why he didn't tell anyone why he didn't ask permission or even call the other agent to say something if it was absolutely necessary uh, there's security cameras in a lot of places, and uh, it's very rare to find a place that doesn't have security cameras, either at the front door or within the premises. So agents know that. Uh, again, this is an isolated incident that hopefully never happens again. 
uh, and the agent's been disciplined for it. And I think uh, even if agents were thinking about doing something like that, it does really make them think before they do because they could be caught on camera. And obviously this behavior reflects negatively on the entire industry. It really does. And, you know, there's already a black mark from uh, certain things that have come out about uh, what happens in the industry and things like that uh, because they take a a cross-section of bad apples and they pretty much paint everyone with the same brush. But, you know, rest assured, this doesn't happen uh, a lot or if at all. And uh, this was just uh, a case of someone not thinking or, you know, absolutely, there's, there's no excuse for it. And it makes absolutely no sense to us. What is the governing body that is responsible for fining this agent? This would be out in BC. So it would be their equivalent of the Real Estate Council of Ontario or even the uh, the real estate boards because basically this was theft in any type of way that you look at it. Uh, it was a theft. It was uh, unnecessary. I have absolutely no words as to how to describe this or, or even I don't even think the agent does. Mm-hmm. So whatever was happening with him that day, he should have dealt with that off the premises or, or outside of the realm of work or the scope of work anyway. But, uh, you know, there was, there was excuses that were uh, printed in this report of what the agent said was happening to him, things like that, but it should never happen. And the second part of Mary's question is, how do you find an agent you can trust? It's, I would always ask for referrals. So there's, there's a lot of good agents out there, uh, you know, more good agents than bad, I would say, uh, and, and more trustworthy ones. So the best way to do it and the way that most people do is they ask for referrals. And once you have a solid referral, interview them and make sure that you're comfortable with having them in your home. And that way you can weed out any bad apples. The next question comes from Mark in King City. He owns a large home and property in the area. With such a shortage of housing, would it be profitable as an investment for him to create another living space or garden suite on his property? Would he be able to secure reliable renters or is the need greater, closer to city centers? Asif. There's a need for rentals everywhere. And if you can get permission from the city to create a garden suite or a secondary dwelling, then I would say it's a great way to generate more income, especially uh, at a time like this where rental inventory is, is very limited. And you have such a huge pool of renters to choose from you can be very selective to get the right person into that rental. As a reminder, if you have questions for On The Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? They can always reach me at 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.